This is the Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly roundup of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine. And this is episode 134 and the very first episode of 2019. I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host. This week, I catch up with editor Laura to discuss food trends and find out exactly what we'll be eating and drinking in 2019. Then we gather the Olive team to talk about dry January, veganuary, and those infamous vegan sausage rolls. Okay, so it's January and a brand new issue, and I'm here with Laura, the editor. Hi, Laura. Hello. And we are talking all about trends, as in what is going to happen this year, what you're going to be eating, what you're going to be drinking, what you're going to be looking at. Um, yeah. So let's go. What, what have you got? Yeah, well, we always have our trend report um, in the January issue, yeah. and it comes out online as well, because... Um, we obviously eat out a lot. We're, we should be hot on the pulse for yeah. things, foodie. So um, we see a lot of things and we think it's quite interesting just to, to predict what will be big this yeah. year. Um, and yeah, there's some really great ones on our list. Yes. Uh, one of the most interesting ones, I think, is Filipino yeah. uh, cuisine. And I know you went to a really great Filipino restaurant just at the I, end of last year, I didn't did. you? Um, yeah, and it's we mentioned it. It's Kinalao and, and Buko. Um, and I'm, I think I'm saying this right, Kinalao or Kinalao. Um actually comes from a method of cooking in Filipino because oh, right. um, Filipino foods is really interesting because it's such a mashup of so many mm. different cuisines. So we've got like Indian, Chinese, Spanish, American, all of all yeah. because of, you know, different Indonesian, people. Indonesian, like, Malaysian. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> that, that was just the start of yeah. it. Um, so you've got all of the, these influences coming in. And um, their ingredients and, and their, their techniques. And all and... Of, yeah. So if you, if you start looking into Filipino food, which I was just reading about, um, it's huge, and hopefully um, Francis, who is the head chef of Kinlaw Buko, is going to come on the podcast later on and really take us deep into Filipino cuisine. Yeah. But, um, but what I tried was was Kinlaw, which is mainly raw fish, which okay. has been denatured or cured wow. using vinegars, and they use nice. all different kinds of vinegars in um, in the Philippines, including coconut vinegar, is very Ooh. popular. Um, so like think ceviche, you know, those kind of fresh yeah. flavors and it's served up like really fresh with sort of like chopped up, um, you know, little, little bits of onions and herbs and garnish and stuff, but Gosh. really super zingy. Yeah. And then on the other hand, you've got things like the classic Filipino adobo, yeah, which is meaty. Would, really yeah. meaty and lots of like pork belly adobo is, is, yeah. is quite popular. And that's um, got vinegar in as well, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so that is a, a really heady mix of garlic, soy and vinegar. And it sounds, sounds like great. it's going to be super <laughs> overpowering, but somehow it magically balances yeah. itself. So it's it's pretty incredible. And I think it's rare nowadays to come across a cuisine or a type of food that you haven't tried yeah. because we're all so well-travelled and, you know, we're so lucky in this country that we have so many different restaurants of mm. different cuisines. So to have a, a so underrepresented um, yeah. area finally getting a bit of a voice in the UK yeah. is really exciting. And I think the more restaurants and supper clubs that open up that serve this type of cuisine, you yeah. know, it's, it's only a good thing, right? Yeah, and people are hungry for it. I, yeah. I think I think. More more than ever, you know, whether it's that you want to show off to your mates or what, like people, yeah, people, people what want to got. be like, well, you know, Korean was last year, this year we're all about Filipino. So yeah. yeah, I think that's definitely one to watch and it is is going to start bubbling up and around. Definitely. Um, and I think that's something to say about the trend report as well. And, and just us generally throughout the year, when we say trend, we don't mean mm. like faddy nonsense. No. You won't see any um, unicorn toast in our pages. You won't see those <laughs> rank... Uh, uh, cloud egg cloud whites eggs. Well, oh um, you won't find those in Olive no. but you know the trends that we are picking out for you we really do think one mm. they're 
delicious and you should give them a go and two that you will start seeing them also it's good to kind of know a bit more about yeah, them yeah. and another one of those um which is actually on our front cover of the january issue if anybody's seen it um it's a little condiment called zoo oh yeah am i zoog. pronouncing that right i think zoog is i'm gonna go with yes yeah i think zoog um, is good <laughs> so zoog um is yeah it's a condiment yeah. it's from the yemen region i think yeah the yemen and it's uh this really vibrant spicy paste yeah. it's green it's got loads of lovely herbs and so like coriander yeah cumin parsley green chili yeah so it's great because it's kind of like you know people have said oh it's it's like well it's not like harissa like pesto but if you think about how those two particular sources condiments are a concentration of flavors but you can use them in so many different ways like you can toss it through rice or Mm -hmm. you can use it as like a a sauce to go on as we have in in our cover recipe as like little punchy salad dressing to go across like you would salsa verde or something like that or you can serve or a dip so it's got it's got that like multitasking kind of thing about it and it's it's just beautiful as well and sort of ticks all of those lovely boxes because we're really loving all of those those flavors i just love stuff like that where you can have you know a relatively basic dish whether it be just roasted veg Mm. or a salad or something like that and you whack this on and it's like just a flavor punch yeah and I just think that's really cool when you find something like that. And you can so make make it yourself via our recipe. Yeah, we've got a recipe Super for simple. It. Or you can buy it now in supermarkets, which yeah. is what, why we think it will be bigger this year. So you yeah, can I buy... Think people, yeah, I think Bella Zoo do it. And yeah, other... Waitrose have just launched a new um, jar of it as oh, well. Oh, Cook's Ingredients yeah. one. Yeah. So definitely one to look out for if you spot that in your supermarket or if you fancy making it at yeah. home. And then one that's very close to my heart, Janine. I can't believe that you even <laughs> allowed this to go in because this is like the yeah. death knell of avocado. Oh, I know. So um, <laughs> anyone who remotely knows me knows that I'm a big fan of the avocado. A big um, fan is, is a really <laughs> obsessed, would be obsessed. more. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know what it is about it because if we break it down, it doesn't taste of much. It's just something that it's really cooling and creamy. It's a great carrier, isn't it? It is, and I love that. And it's that. so satisfying and as well. And there's something really i don't know comforting in blandness yeah. and uh yeah so i really like an avocado however 2019 is not the year for the avocado no, it's been getting some battering in the press hasn't it yeah so um kind of well i shouldn't say laughable because i don't want to offend anyone but kind of laughable news story that it's not vegan uh, considering it's kind of hailed as the mm. ultimate vegan food. Um, but apparently it's not vegan because it's something to do with uh, all the bees that are needed to... Um, like pollinate. Pollinate. The... They then get trucked over oh, around yeah, the country. Oh, yeah, they actually get moved around to so do it. So they're as like... humans, we are disrupting this yeah. animal's life, um, insect's life, and so therefore ergo yeah it ain't vegan i mean after doing a little mini beekeeping course earlier on in the air which there is a podcast about mm-hmm. I, I knew all about you know bees um role in you know agriculture and stuff i didn't actually realize that people were bussing bees around to they're, to make this happen they're the center of the universe you know I mean, if they go we go yeah you know, so. but i didn't realize that people were actually putting them on trucks <laughs> to like make this it's, happen i suppose it's scary isn't yeah, it? it's yeah scary. it's um, not it's not how i pictured it no so and the other thing is it's not just that if you do care about all these sorts of things yeah. they are quite um intensively farmed so the impact yeah. on the environment isn't that great mm. if, if you're um conscious of those sorts of things there's a lot of water that's used for example and i mean you can read a million different reports online yeah. telling you that all the different evils as you can with most foods but um it's just something to bear in mind if you're yeah. considering or being a bit more conscious with your purchases this year um i think you can probably read around it though and see 
I'm sure like in, in all of these instances, like things that we've seen in the past, like chocolate and coffee, yeah. that people will start become, becoming a bit more responsible about Definitely. it and there will be more responsible producers. Unfortunately, it means they're probably going to be more expensive. Yeah. But if you still want it, then, you know, have, have a look into it and you will probably be able to find yeah. some producers who are... Hope, who yeah. want truck and piece around and no, I mean, it's even, draining the water table. I've read so many different articles from, you know, gangs and stuff and it, it gets, yeah. like, you hit, I've heard the term blood avocado and, you know, I, oh don't, I don't want that on my hands. No. So for 2019, I will be looking into different okay. things I can put on my toast. Um, what are you thinking about? So we think, um, obviously, peanut butter and nut butters mm. keep getting bigger, but we just think this might be the year. You know, for those of you that haven't really experimented with nut butters before, the world is your oyster now. Yeah. You can literally... You can get a- yeah, any kind of <laughs> any kind of butter. A bit like with plant milks, you can milk mm. anything nowadays, um, and you can make a butter out of anything nowadays. Yeah. So there's all sorts of seeds and nuts and combinations mm. of those. And again, the artisan producers are making some incredible um, varieties of those. Whether it be you know the different roasting levels, so it gets darker, it's darker and richer, so you get a really good flavor, intense yeah. flavor yeah. to um, you know not just crunchy, but you might have a bit of smooth and a whole nut, or you oh. might have a mixture. You might have. I tried a really great one. Um, probably get the brand wrong now. I'm pretty sure it was Pip and Nut, but they do like a chocolate orange peanut butter wow. or almond butter that tastes a bit like Nutella, a bit like peanut butter, <laughs> all in one, uh, a bit like Terry's chocolate orange, all in one. And it, yeah, it's really good. So basically you can, if you've got a type or style mm. that you like, you're going to be able to find it this year. And a lot of the zero waste stores, which we also talk about in the trend mm. feature, uh, they start. Uh, they've started to get their own uh, nut butter machines in oh, like store. Like dispenser that you bring your yeah. own jar for. So um, you can grind your nuts yeah. or seeds in store. Have your peanut butter or nut butter fresh and with your jar, so zero waste, mm. and then bring it back when you've emptied it. So, but there's other things one. as well. Like I'm quite a big fan of like ricotta on toast because yeah. that is, it's like it's super light for a cheat I mean it's not super cheesy but it, it's a really nice mm. carrier for like roasted tomatoes yeah. you know just a drizzle of like balsamic and or sweetness as well you and can add, you um, can have jam you know yeah. like that trendy you um, did an amazing LA. pineapple jam didn't you yeah, last year I feel it was it was like inspired by this place in LA called Squirrel where they mm. do like a huge wedge of it I mean god it's not healthy <laughs> it's like a massive wedge of um uh, brioche which is fried <laughs> and then they spread it with homemade ricotta and a homemade jam I mean yes. you know it looks yes. incredible yes. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes to all of that yeah or things like um you know just crushing up um like not actually having hummus but like warming up um, oh, nice. chickpeas yeah. with some flavorings shmushing and then, and then smushing them up and then yeah. putting them on sort of toast I think there's there's got to be like nice chunky alternatives Definitely. hasn't there and I think that's the thing as well it's not just thinking I'm going to put one spread on just as you yeah. wouldn't necessarily with avocado if you're going to do a nut butter or a ricotta or whatever mm. it's, it's all about the loading stuff on top yeah. you know it's the pickled onions or the chilies yeah. or the seeds or the spices yeah. and... I know you're a big Harissa fan because oh, I've seen yeah. <laughs> just look at Laura's Instagram it's pretty much eggs avocado Harissa inspiration come to me it's there yeah yeah. Uh, I don't offer much to the table but I do offer toast inspiration (laughs) um and then the final one we've both been um experimenting with in a very legal way um which is CBD Um, yeah so CBD is um cannabis oil which is um it's totally legal um it is um extracted from 
an EU-approved hemp strain. Yeah. And what that means is that the strain that they've approved doesn't have a huge amount of... It might have a trace amount of THC, which is the thing that gets you high in mm. cannabis, but not enough to, to get you high. No. So basically what they're taking out is all the other stuff that cannabis is good for, which is relaxation. Yeah. Um, apparently... It can't be sold medically. It can only be sold as a food supplement um, because no one can say that it has yeah. any of these effects, but it is reported to be good for anxiety, sleeplessness, um, uh, arthritis. I've heard good for the stress, skin as well. Good for acne. Mm. Um, I started taking it because I'm doing dry jan, like <laughs> more of which later in the <laughs> podcast, but um, just just having a couple of drops a night. I, I'm, I'm pretty... I think it's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, I, I don't know if it's placebo or I whatever. Know. But Everyone I speak to, and myself included, yeah. has any positive things to say about mm. it. I find it really helps me sleep yeah, if me I have too. a couple of drops before. Um, and like we were saying earlier, if you put it under the tongue, because it's it, quite a it bitter, tastes, yeah. horrible taste, but put it under the tongue... Um, you know, 15 minutes before I go to yeah. bed and I'm away with the fairies yeah, and I you, love it. <laughs> I mean, you can get sprays which have got flavouring in, but I think the purest form is because it's extracted and then carried in an oil. The one I've got is carried in hemp oil. And, mm. Mm, hemp oil is not pleasant. No. It, it literally is <laughs> gag-inducing. But, but if you put it under your tongue and just kind of sing to yourself for a minute yeah. <laughs> and then maybe swallow some ginger cordial which is yeah. what I've been doing oh, then nice. you can, yeah. <laughs> okay. but there are there are nicer ways of taking it I think you can you can get capsules you can get little sprays that you spray under your tongue well the other ways um, to oh get yeah it of course well. and then people have adopted it as a as a food I mean it extra as trends go yeah. it is super trendy so we are seeing it on menus <clears throat> in brownies we're seeing yeah. it in cocktails we're seeing it in hot chocolate um so there are a lot of food um mm. outlets that are incorporating it into their menu somehow and also I'm sure people have seen in terms of beauty products as well yeah. it's really taken off so you can get hand balms you can get um all sorts of things and yeah. i've seen stores i was in a, a north london somewhere um <laughs> very posh area of north london and there was a cbd store with all kinds okay. of treats you can get Everything so i thought that was peak, peak trendy yeah. um so yeah i definitely look out for it on mm. menus and and give it a whirl it's 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 an interesting one you can get into it quite gently yeah you know it's not like it's it's not gonna you're not gonna I don't know, run down the road screaming. It's and get like, munchies or anything. No, it's, no, it's, it's not. It's, it's properly. It's pr a properly gentle little remedy. I, yeah. I definitely check it out if you're having any problems, like getting off to sleep. Yeah. Or you know, definitely. I I used to take um, that rescue remedy years ago for anxiety, and I always felt it made me a little bit more like I don't know, hyped up or whatever. Yeah, but what... CBD oil doesn't do that. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I've I've heard it's great for all sorts. You know, for yeah. chronic fatigue syndrome. Yeah. You know, if if you think it might help, give it a go. Yeah, What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Especially if it's in brownie form. I mean, yeah. that just ticks a lot of boxes yeah. for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, great. So some great um, tips in there. And the whole lot of these are available to read about in our January issue. There's loads more Greek wine, ways and ingredient, booze-free spirits, which again, we're talking about later on in the Mag Retro Dishes. Um, all in January issue, which is out right now. And probably going to go online on olivemagazine.com soon too, I guess. Yes, cool. Yeah. Thank right. you so much. Thank you so much for coming to chat to us, Laura. No worries. Okay, so in, in part two of the podcast this week, I have got with me Adam. Hello. Ellie. Hello. 
and Hannah. Hello. And we're talking about we're talking about all all things January, veganuary, dry January, and other January um, matters. So let's start off with veganuary. So who is who's doing it? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, not me either. No. Okay, so we've established that no one's doing it. Um, I mean, I think it's a good thing because yeah. I think that anything that makes people have a look at what they're eating, maybe try, try new recipes, trying different ways of like cooking, it like expands your repertoire, doesn't it? It also makes you a little bit more brave in terms of like what, what you're going to put together. Yeah, I think like when you only have vegetables or that sort of thing at your disposal, you have to be far more inventive and creative of what you want to eat as opposed to just um, having like meat replacement. I think you actually have to think a lot more about what type of thing you want to eat as opposed to like, particularly if I was to only write vegan recipes, that's the way I'd look at it, is it's, it's much more difficult because usually you'd base your meal around a protein, you know, the, like that, chi- you know, you want to make something chicken or like steak or whatever. And without that, you kind of have to be a bit more... Um, inventive i think definitely so yeah i've i've actually got some stats here so between 2016 and 17 um plant-based food sales in the uk increased by 1500 percent that's huge i can't believe that yeah um and i guess since then it's gone up even higher last year would have been massive um and the vegan society released some research um saying 50 56 percent of adults practice vegan buying behaviours, that's in the UK, 19% have cut down on buying meat and are checking cosmetics and toiletries for animal testing, 13%, it's not a huge, actually it's quite a huge one, actively choose meat-free or dairy-free meals when eating out, that is, that's, that's that big is, for yeah, eating out, yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, 51% are happy to see vegan foods and shops and restaurants, that's a weird one, the last one, but I think what it means is that people used to have a, a kind of a strange um perception of vegan food and it used to be seen as very cranky and very kind of niche and now that's that's changed hasn't it yeah and i think also the interesting thing is a lot of a lot of the time if you're cooking a recipe and you, like at home you're doing one you might not have consciously chosen it to be mm. veggie or veggie or vegan yeah. but a lot of time it actually might turn out not to have it like yeah. i was cooking a aubergine pasta and it just happened I was eating it and I was like oh this is actually vegan and you don't realize these things and so sometimes it's good in that sense because like you were saying you're buying stuff that is vegan but you don't realize it at the time I think we certainly in terms of how we've changed on the magazine and it's not it's not really a, a, a massively conscious change it's more of an organic change is that um you know, our readers will ask for more vegetarian food. Mm. The way me and Adam want to do stuff is we want to want to be more adventurous with it. So, so we'll kind of be doing a recipe, and, and as you say, it'll be it'll be vegan anyway. We yeah. wouldn't have thought about it, but we're like, oh, that's another vegan one, brilliant. Which yeah. is, you know, I, I never really, well, I, I okay, no, never. I rarely write a recipe specifically to be vegan. I just, if it's, I would probably be more that it would be vegetarian as opposed to being vegan and it just, just more happens to be. But um, well, I've actually written a few recipes which purposely are vegan, like the um, coronation salad one I did. We're using like, mm-hmm. basically you can use silk and tofu as like a really soft, um, like almost like a dressing because when it blends down and you add like vinegar and like basically make it into dressing, it's like, it almost like, a, has like a mayonnaise texture because it's mm-hmm. got that bit of thickness to like, and it just grips around like that in that case, like shredded lettuce and stuff. Yeah, and... I mean, things have changed and we can see certainly the start of this year, there were only two massive big stories running around the office. One was the Bross documentary, which we've all seen now, <laughs> which is like...
like a must-see. And the other one was a Greg's vegan sausage roll. Vegan sausage roll. Which has become a phenomenon. And actually, we tried it this morning, didn't we? We can Because um, people kept talking about it. It's all over social media. And I was like, okay, enough, <laughs> enough hype. Let's just go and buy some and try it. Actually got to Greg's and they sold out. So that proves it was Taking working. Taking the world by storm. Um, <clears throat> I was pretty impressed by it. What did you think, Adam? I actually really was impressed by it because um, I, I have eaten a few normal Greg sausage rolls. So I had that benchmark to uh, to judge it against. And yeah, I mean, it's the same pastry. I th- I'm pretty sure it'd be the same pastry because as we've, uh, well, I'll come on to a bit later, there's a lot of things which are already actually vegan, which you buy anyway. And then it's kind of just like a nicely seasoned umami sort of sausage textury thing in the middle. And it is, it is actually really delicious. I looked into it because um, they did, they're not revealing what their secret spice sausage mix is, but they use the same blend of seasoning that they use in their regular sausage roll. The pastry is exactly the same. The sausage is made from corn, so they actually work, worked with corn to do it. Um, it's not healthier. If you look, there's marginal differences. I think it's like it's um, 10 calories less than the regular. It's a tiny bit less fat, but, you know, no one buys a sausage roll. No, to if you're going for a sausage roll, yeah. you, you know what to expect. I was really invested in this because Greg's is actually from the northeast, Greg's of Gosforth, <laughs> um, which is like in Newcastle where I'm from. Um, so I was... I, was, I would have been <laughs> devastated. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, it's got to, it's got to work. It's got because um, I'm a, I'm a Greg's cheese and onion pasty girl, and I I don't usually get sausage rolls, but um, but wow, it was good. I think the thing that's great about it is is they're not trying to do anything fancy. No, like they're not trying to stuff it with veg. No, they're just like this is a vegan sausage roll. Like we've just taken yeah. a sausage roll and yeah, I, and I think um, people have have done a few blind tastings and mm. literally gone. It's, you <laughs> we know. can't tell the difference. Yeah, it's interesting about the puff pastry though, Adam. So you were saying about um, things which are surprisingly vegan because one thing we found was mass produce well, mass produced puff pastry that you buy in the supermarkets is actually vegan, right? Yeah, so like all the sort of just roll to use an example type of stuff, unless it says butter, all butter on it then it will be vegan because it's using like homogenized fats, like a margarine type um, product. Um, yeah, so like me and Janine, Janine came up with like a really cool vegan um, pastry, which, you know, we developed. And it turns out that we could have just used like pack shop or pastry all along. But other things which surprising, which you might not know, are already vegan, are like Bisto gravy granules. So like meat flavoring like gravy doesn't actually have any meat in it all dried pasta because a lot of people assume that pasta has eggs in it but all dried pasta will literally have not have any egg in it it's just durum wheat and water isn't it yeah it's just a really simple dough um birds custard like the powder doesn't have any eggs in it so if you as long as you rehydrated it with like plant milk instead of like milk to make custard that would be completely vegan Beers, Peroni, Amstel, Budweiser, Guinness, which is lucky for me because I drink a lot. Well, I don't drink a lot of Guinness. So I like a Guinness, um, and like strange that like party rings, like it's a lot of like confectionery, like Mr. Kipling, some Mr. Kipling stuff, like treacle tarts, jam tarts, um, co-ops, custard donuts, um, and like a lot of like beef flavored crisps and things like that. But obviously, check. But I'm not going to start going into each brand. But like, there's like bacon, some bacon crisps, and like actually aren't a completely vegan so yeah you might already be but you might have all these things to eat if you're doing veganuary that you didn't know you could i'm seeing like a, a nice 
web page that we can put online where people can send us things that are vegan that shouldn't be vegan, or not shouldn't be vegan, but surprisingly vegan things. And we can just, let's just start a list. So, and if you want to get more inspiration, as always, we've got uh, vegan inspiration online, a, a collection on olivemagazine.com. And in January, we've actually got some amazingly fudgy vegan brownies, which is our back page bake. And I think they're online too as well at the minute. Okay, so enough of Veganuary. Let's move on to dry January. So I am nine days into dry January, surprisingly holding up quite well. Um, it's the first time I've ever done it. I've never done it. I would just I thought it was f- foolish, foolishness before. And I've always had... I kind of trying to cut down in January, but not really doing it. But um, it's actually been great. It's like a proper eye opener. And I, I would have saved a fortune, but I've been spending all my money on like magnesium tablets and CBD oil and various other kind of things that are meant to help you sleep and sort of sort yourself out. But um, but yeah, what, what does everyone think about dry jan, Adam? Um, I'm personally not doing it because um, my girlfriend's birthday is in the middle of January and she would I would never hear the end of it if I decided to not drink for her birthday because she's like obsessed with like January. Any people with January birthdays basically think that everyone's miserable and don't want to do anything. So I have to be, you know, wet January for her. So I'm, I'm, but I am cutting down. Um, in December, it's usually like, oh, it's Christmas, so you know, a couple of glasses of wine on a Tuesday is fine, right? But um, that's what I'm cutting out basically. So yeah, just like midweek, silly like glasses of wine which aren't really needed if I'm not stressed. I'm not like you know, it's just like. Yeah, just cutting that sort of thing out. Hannah, I know I know that you're not doing it, but I know as our drinks writer, you do have plenty of kind of intel into how to get yes. through it. So I, yes, whilst I'm not doing dry January, in the January issue, everything on the drinks pages on them um, is, you know, alcohol free. Um, so we've got um, zero alcohol spirits to try. Okay. Um, and we've got ideas for you know, delicious replacements, boost free mm. replacements. Um, for things like, you know, I think a lot of us will say when you're not drinking, you crave that kind of tangy, tart Yeah, definitely. Kick. You want something grown up. I mm. found basically what, what I started out with was I went on New Year's Day, the saddest shop I've ever done. <laughs> I went to Waitrose and just with my trolley, like a granny. Cause, but I needed my trolley because I was literally loading it up with fizzy water, San Pellegrino, like... Um, pop you know in cans mm. like blood orange and I was like I need posh pop I need yeah. something that isn't like <laughs> you know sloppy. but even that the, I found the San Pellegrino was too again too like sweet um yeah. and then I brought home some ginger cordial from work that was that was good mm. um and then eventually moved on to the zero percent beers just as like something that doesn't taste of like fizzy pop at night but yeah but yeah i i've i find um you need a grown-up flavor so you were talking about i think was it kombucha which is a good one yeah because like i said if you're not drinking you end up drinking a lot of sugary drinks which mm. actually offsets the health benefits you yeah. have from like not drinking alcohol um so things like yeah kombucha which is like uh basically fermented tea um and it's sort of fizzy um funky sour um that's a really kind of nice replacement mm. um, for booze. Um, brands like Jar are really, really good. Mm. Um, and actually, in the February issue, we've got, which is going to be coming out in a few weeks, we'll be, we're doing a roundup of kombuchas there. So yeah. keep an eye out for the that. The thing about kombuchas is because it, because booze obviously is fermented, mm. kombuchas fermented. It, it's it's like the beginning of that fermentation yeah. process, which kind of tricks your mind into feeling like it's all it's almost boozy, though it isn't. 
Yeah, I think it has a lot of the, like you say, that sort of fermented, like it has that sort of funk, which alcohol, mm. because obviously people forget that alcohol is fermented. Um, yeah, I think it has that funk. And like you were saying, like this sort of sweet, sour compliment, like it's just, it's like the complexity of it. It's like, instead of just like, you know, like any pop, it's kind of got like another layer of complexity, which is actually a bit more intriguing and you can sip it as opposed to drinking it because you're thirsty or, and um, some of them can be like really heavily fruit flavored and others are just usually like the base tea flavor. So they're like quite nuanced and like they're made from Earl Grey and or Oolong. And so the teas bring like different like nuances to the, to the drink. So they actually can be like a really adult booze free thing to to drink. I think they're yeah pretty cool. And some of the best ones will have like, they'll almost balance like smell like kind of scrumpy or cider oh yeah that have that kind of you know farmyardy yeah in a good way not, <laughs> not in, it sounds horrible but in a good way other things which um so i'm a, I'm a massive fan particularly in the summer um when there's lots of fruit around um yeah. shrubs yeah which or drinking vinegars as they're also known um and they're basically just like fruity syrups of vinegar sugar um and basically whatever fruit you have to hand um topped up with a bit of um sparkling water yeah. and it just makes for a really tart tangy refreshing drink which again is a bit sweet but again it's it's balanced out by the soundness um you can i mean there's there's a few brands out available in the market but they are so ridiculously easy to Mm. to make at home um and i often in the summer will have like a couple on the go yeah um and switchels as well which is something similar and that's maple syrup ginger water and i think that's what you you make that something you would make at home yeah and apple cider vinegar nice um and that's similar again you just I mean, a switchel, I think you could just mix up and just leave for like a yeah. couple of hours. And again, it's, you know. I love the name, switchel. Yeah, sounds so like good, something from Harry Potter, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. what, what do you think of the spirits, Hannah? Because I'm not, I've only tried them once. I'm just not convinced. A, because I don't want to drink spirits at home. And, and also it just seems like it's a step too far. Like um, alcohol-free beer for me is, it's a, it's a flavour I, I can recognise. It kind of trips something in your head that, that sort of gives you a little bit of satisfaction when you're denying yourself. But I don't want to go to all the fuss of making like a complicated cocktail with something mm. that hasn't got booze in it. To me, like mocktails, I'm just I'm just not interested. Probably because I don't really drink cocktails anyway. Yeah, I think um non-alcoholic spirits are kind of interesting. Um I tested out a lot. Yeah. Um and there are definitely it's very quality can be really uneven. I tried some really, really truly disgusting really? ones. I mean, if you heard me like a few weeks ago testing them, I'd be like almost retching but i tried some really really good ones yeah. um most of them i mean you can most of them you could just have just with topped up with tonic water um i think they're really good if like you said it depends what kind of drink you are yeah but i know maybe if, i'm if just being selfish because i'm not a gin and yeah, tonic drinker if you love a gin, if you love a gin teas and also if say you're not drinking not just for a month yeah but you're not drinking at Ever. all for whatever reason yeah, fair enough. and i guess it's just it's about you know if you're go, if you still want to go to pubs and bars with mm. your friends and, and maybe you don't always want to have a soft drink mm. or have you know you, you you want to have what you feels like a nice up. cocktail yeah. And, yeah. and actually a lot of um you know a lot of good bars mm. will offer really interesting non-alcoholic options. Yeah, so examples true. include like Bar Three um, in Spitalfields in London and um, Dandelion, which actually is closing soon, but. Yeah. would offer really interesting options. Um, I think the main message is from what from what I've seen and what I've what I've read. I'm on like there's a really good Facebook called Jai January Facebook page and there's an app as well. So I would I would urge people to go and seek them out. There's loads of great advice. 
there's loads of camaraderie. It's got me through a few like nights when I've been like, oh, sod it. And then you've read someone telling you something and you're like, yeah, that's a great idea. I'm going to do that. Is There's so many resources out there, so much support and so many great things mm. to drink that aren't booze. So go out there, check them out, try it. And um, yeah, let's meet up in Feb and see how we all do. Thanks very much, guys. Cheers. So that was the Olive Magazine podcast. If you like this episode, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. We'd really love to hear from you. If you'd like to find out more information on things in this episode, you can visit our website, olivemagazine.com. You can pick up a copy of our January issue now on the newsstand or go and download the app version. Bye for this week and we'll be back next with more food and drink chat.